I was serious. I do have 17 recordings. Yeah, you're not going to play all of them, obviously. That's so many. Well, each one's three minutes. You said you have 17 three-minute clips? You recorded the episode, is what you're saying to me? Okay, number one dimension, a dimension is... Not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, Dark Territory. Bordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone review. of a bush league fuhrer named Peter Vollmer, a sparse little man who feeds off his self-delusions and finds himself perpetually hungry for want of greatness in his diet. And like some goose-stepping predecessors, he searches for something to explain his hunger and to rationalize why a world passes him by without saluting. The something he looks for and finds is in a sewer. In his own twisted and distorted lexicon, he calls it faith, strength, truth. But in just a moment, Peter Vollmer will ply his trade on another kind of corner. A strange intersection in a shadow land called the Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, welcome to the episode. Uh, <laughs> He's holding up a book, so it threw me off. Um, of this show. What? You are the host of this show, so how about you... Start hosting. I was trying. You interrupted me. Oh, my bad. Cause you you were right on top of it. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold something up right in front of the camera and see if you can. <laughs> like you're showing me something. Oh, welcome to LAW, the Twilight Zone review. I almost said Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone review episode one twenty six. I want to say episode four hundred four. He's alive. I'm Phoenix West. He's alive. And I am Chuck Norris. How are you guys? Great. You sound great, Chuck. Thank you. So, Frank. Uh, oh, sorry. Was my, was my chin just talking? God damn it. I can't shut that thing up. You keep it under, keep it bearded and shut it up. Dude, I can't. When Chuck wants to talk, he talks. I, I mean, he hits me. This sounds like an embarrassing bit one of our podcasts do on the podcast podcast. I know. This is just. This is just sad. I don't want to continue with this. You know Chuck Norris is so badass, even his chin has a chin. He's so badass, he has a, he has a commercial where he, he's a truck. <laughs> he's so... Why does anybody... Does anybody really think he's a badass now? Like, he was a he was a fighter back in the day. I get it. But, he, come on. He was, he was like a Steven Seagal fighter back in the day. But he was he really that badass? Yeah, he's a world champion. Was Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris was. Steven Seagal, I have no idea. I can't imagine him beating anyone up. How about Jean-Claude Adam? He's not, I don't think he was a fighter. I think he's just kind of a... He was a splitsman. He, he might have been like a martial artist guy. I don't think he ever... I don't know if he ever competed. He might have. I don't know. True story, though. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he wanted to do splits for his entire life. So he got... Uh, he was castrated. True story. Your true I stories just, are always true. <laughs> my true stories are, are made up on the spot. It's like that Marilyn Manson rib, bith, rib thing. He did that. <laughs> so he could suck his own cock? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, Slenderman's he, out there, and he was also the skinny kid from Boy Meets World. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Remember that little little riff, little, which, little, which was little. was happening while IMDb existed, and it said Paul was a different person, and people still believed it. Well, you know what? People still believe the Iron Maiden is an actual like torture device that actually existed, and it's not. It's a sweet band. I know that. Right, and the band is named after a like a fake artifact. Good to know. I don't. I don't know Iron Maiden that much. Well, do you know what an Iron Maiden is? Apparently not. It's a coffin with a bunch of spikes in it with two doors. I thought it two. didn't exist. Well, okay. Um, it does exist in a museum. This artist duped a museum into thinking it was a medieval torture device when really it was an art project to uh, signify how br- brutal the Middle Ages were compared to how civilized the 19th century was, which, not for nothing, the Iron Maiden doesn't even come close to the brutal fucking torture devices of the Middle Ages. I'm sorry. The Iron Maiden would just straight up murder you. Yeah. <laughs> There's no torture there. There's just death. <laughs> yeah, it's the spikes one, right? And the inside, and you close it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's not torture. That's just a stabbing a dude several yeah. dozen times at once. And one exists, and it's a fake that was made uh, about 100 years ago. Good to know. Somebody, somebody took a coffin, a metal one, and they put little spikes in it. And they said it's an Iron Maiden, and it was used to torture people. Hmm. And some dumb museum with money paid them a lot of it and said, thank you for your archaeological find. <laughs> You're going to be famous. This looks Even fairly new. But... These people were. Well, they do now since the, it came out that <laughs> they were full of shit. And then they had to come with the, but I'm an artiste, as he was being thrown in jail for fraud. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when you're being on trial for fraud of, you know, antiquities, you claim artiste. Is there anything Which, less pussy on your, in your rap sheet than antiquity fraud? So what are you in for? Um, murder. Antiquity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Murder. Murder. Totally Murder. I murdered, murdered so many people that like murdered them. I put them in a machine and I shoved spikes through them. That's oh yeah, a badass but, saying. Oh yeah, tough guy. Who'd you murder? All my murder victims. I murdered the shit out of them. Dude, I set you up perfectly for a fucking Shawshank. Shawshank. Oh, I know. <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. I knew you knew. <laughs> you, you knew. Uh, I was going with a bit. I don't want to do a movie thing why it's fun <laughs> uh, well then we won't be having this conversation which is amusing the hell out of me it's not not me i'm 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 agitated that's why it's that's why it's enlightening me uh, it's well, uh, i did spend three hours watching this uh, a fine piece of art and recording 17 clips that are on average two minutes long. Some three, some four, some 15 seconds. And he's going to play three of them. Uh, One 15 seconds. The rest are three and four. It's it took you three hours, huh? You were waiting. 
No, honestly, every, when we talked at first and I said I was going to go in and do it, I didn't actually go in and do anything for like another hour and a half because I got stuck outside because my life, everything I do is a fucking journey. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't I get into a fight with my best friend I, I live below over a fucking barn? Why not? Because because I live in the Twilight Zone. That's why. That's why this show speaks to me so much. It's my life. I I I feel like I'm in it, and eventually I'm gonna watch an episode where I'm gonna cry and break down. You won't hear from me for a month because I am gonna commit myself before I commit myself to jumping off a bridge. And speaking of the Twilight Zone, you you pull out the book. What's the book for? What? Well, I got it open. His life. This this episode was so good. Mark Zach Zickery wrote one, two, and half of three pages. And when he does that, he has a lot to say. Because normally his reviews on each episode are a lot shorter than ours. <laughs> That's a man that knows how to consolidate. <laughs> yeah. To the point and moving on. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I just want to throw it out there. Mark Zach Zickery, volume two coming out. Just saying everything again, or is it longer? No, everything again. It's just, you know, I mean, you always look at things a little bit differently. When the hell did he publish this? So it's like an updated version of it. No, 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 it's not updated. It's not like it's the same stuff that's in here, just more to it. It's it's totally and utterly um, different than what, what this one says. Like, you know, like, you know, you, you, like me personally, I was allergic to eggs until I was 28. And then all of a sudden I stopped being allergic to eggs. And that doesn't mean I still, uh, that doesn't mean I like eggs now, but I'll eat some eggs sometimes. And that, that and that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. No, but it was I was going someplace with it, and I realized there's nowhere to go. So I just kind of spoke a truth. Yeah, 1982, he wrote this bit. Oh Jesus Christ! I had no idea. So it was time to update. Yeah, that's before <laughs> any of the follow-up series. That's crazy. I mean, he's the original podcaster of the TZ Review, really, just in book form. You want to you want to think about that? There was no podcast in '82. Exactly. So he was the. He wrote a book. Why are you comparing him? <laughs> okay, yeah, he wrote a book. <laughs> well, yeah, but but he's the only one that wrote a book. Like, dude, this thing came with the box set. Yeah. That they sold in Disney World for like three grand to however. It was a it was a shit ton when I was there, and Tower Terror still existed. Why it doesn't exist anymore? It's because Disney and who works there, they don't know what they're doing. You think they bring it back for uh, the new show? They did. They should. Well, it wasn't there when I had when I was on my honeymoon. Just saying, and I was extremely upset about it. By the way. Set that marriage off on the wrong tracks. Well, I, I didn't want to be in fucking Orlando for my honeymoon to begin with. 
Ever tell you about that story? I told you the story, right? You might have, but you're going to read from the book? Oh, sorry, yes. Okay, so <laughs> let's see what Zickery has to say. He normally, one par- he one paragraphs this entire episode. Let's see how he does it. Patriot of a Bush... No, he's just word for word. Serling's intro. <laughs> okay. So, it's a lot bigger. Okay. Vollmer, the leader of a small band of American neo-Nazis, wants power. But all... <coughs> excuse me. But all his racist street corner speeches net him the verbal abuse and fistfights. Well, one that you see him get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> it's such a pathetic fight. He, dude, he got straight. He, he got straight sub zero uppercutted, dude. By a middle aged man who looked like he's never been in a fight in his life. Dude, back then that was that was lean, mean, yeah. and <laughs> and just brawny, and you don't fuck with. He was mean. His hair was lean. And you can tell it was New York because he had he had sausage New York. um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, he had that sausage New York um, accent going, you know, not just the regular New York sausage New York. There is a difference. Very sausagey. No, like he's he's munching on a little bit of sausage from his lunch a half hour ago, but he's still talking because he don't care. Yeah. You you know the accent. He doesn't put up with any shit either, this guy. Well, he did for a little while. Just so he can kind of build his hatred, it seemed like. Well, let's 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 hear it. because um, it, it starts off with him on the corner spouting his rhetoric. Absolute clarity that the lines lead directly to Palestine. They lead directly to Africa. No, they don't. They lead directly to the Vatican. And shows a woman. That's not the Pope. Um. So, so there we are. There it is. There is a conspiracy. There's a insidious. Enveloping conspiracy. A conspiracy personified by the yellow man, by the black man, and by foreigners who come in and infiltrate into our economic structure. Oh, there'll come a morning. Yes, there will. There will come a morning when these men have taken over your home, they've taken over your daughters, (laughs) and they'll be sitting right there on your doorstep. If anybody's sitting on your doorstep, buddy, he's a man in a white coat. You better just go with him quietly. You think that's pretty funny, don't you? You think it's pretty funny that your country can be sold out? That they can sell out your flag and your birthrights? You think that's funny, huh? Well, maybe you ought to do something about it, punk. 
Hey, you're such a big tiger. Why don't you come down here and do something about it? Let me tell you something right now. Someday this country's going to wake up. They're going to wake up. And when they find out how Izzy sold them out and how Rastas sold them out and how Poncho sold them out, they're going to make up a list of all the people that get paid back. And you know where you're going to be? You're going to be right on top of that list. Right on the top. And then ensues the longest fight of music. Yeah, and it's aggressive. And it's like he go Dennis Hopper lunges for him, but kind of just falls on the ground pretty much. That's all he did. Dude, isn't he so young looking? And yep. just just spry? I wanna say this. I'm gonna pose this question to you. Is Dennis Hopper too good of an actor for the Twilight Zone? Yes. He because Twilight Zone has a specific style. It's, yes. It works for it. He's actually just a great actor in this in this episode where you're like, you kind of forget you're watching the Twilight Zone. Not to disparage any Twilight Zone actors, but it's a different style and he's not doing that and it plays very differently than any other episode. It really does. And he doesn't take me out of it, though. No, not not saying it's a... Because he's a great actor. Yeah, you're just sitting there watching him like... It's just a different, completely different style. Like, every line he gave, whether it had to be powerful, sheepish, weak, strong, quiet, somber... Pathetic. um, Pathetic, yeah. Another one. um, uh, Remorseful, guilt. Like, he nailed every... Wow, dude. Just... That's that's what took me so long. I was in awe of this episode. I have never seen this episode. Have you? Yeah. Okay. This is the this is one of the ones, and it's taken a while, but we finally got to one I've never seen, and I'm not shocked. It's season four. <laughs> you said it a few <laughs> times. You haven't seen them. Yeah, and most of them are. Well, all of them, but the second one has been season four. I didn't see the last one either, to be honest. Have you? Did you see the last one before? I've seen them all, several times. Okay, fair enough. You you have the the you have everyone downloaded. See, I've never had the pleasure. I always had to Twilight Zone it up at at Siffy on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah, and Year's Eve, and now just New Year's Eve because for some reason, middle of the summer, we don't get Siffy of Twilight Zone anymore. The last two years, and I need answers. Not that I care since I own the box set now. But my point is, I like the randomness. Yeah, I bought the uh, the box set. The randomness is the only nice thing about it. But I bought the box set in film school because I was like, I finally want to I sit and watch every single episode. So I, I bought the five box sets in those slim cases, and they were like 80 bucks each. It was so it's, stupid. So if you, you spent $400? Uh, yeah, that was the only option back then. Well, I mean... I mean, I mean, truth be told, like at Terror Tower, the box set with this book, it was literally more than half that. Yeah. It was like 2200 Yeah. And, was, that, and that was back when DVDs were big. Blu-rays hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Now I can go down to Zia Records right by my house and you can get the whole box set on Blu-ray for you know, 2295 or something. Different, uh, different, different world. Not that much, but not that little. You can get the DVD no, you box can. set for Walmart. I'm not, I'm not guessing. For... I'm telling you. It's no, a... no. I'm telling you you cannot. It's a used record shop. 
Okay, I believe you. <laughs> I went down there Judges? and I was like, really? It's that cheap? I was like, oh, I don't need them. I don't want them. Are they Blu-ray? Yeah. Can you get them for me? Yeah, I'll go down there. Okay. Just whatever the damages are. Uh, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I hope, hope so. <laughs> I mean, I have a FedEx number. You can FedEx it over. And I, I got you. I'll take a look. I wanted to go down there anyway because I want to get some Nick Cage Blu-rays. I don't have any Blu-rays anymore, but I'm thinking about getting the whole Nick Cage collection in Blu-ray. Why? They're all on Netflix. Because I want to have the Nick. Because I want to have him behind me during the show. But it's Nick, dude. It's it's a prop for Nick Cage cast. Seventy percent of Nick Cage movies are not worth buying. It's not for the movie. It's for the prop behind me. The Nick Cage, the library. Well, can't you just print out like the, the spines of them, <laughs> and then get a, a like go on Amazon and buy like twenty black empty shells of Blu-ray cases that will cost two dollars, and then print them out on a nice printer I know you have, and then there you go. Maybe it's because I'm not a fraud. Maybe that's why. Oh yeah. Because that's really going to affect the quality and the content. You of know, the Nick I'll, Cage. I'll be doing my review during the during the video, and I'll be like, in my heart, I'll know it. You're a good enough actor; you'll be able to pull that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. And in time, you'll forget they're even fake. You'll go to watch one, like you know, when I want to watch, um, for some odd reason, that weird one where he's like a Sunday. witch. Oh, season of the witch. He's not a witch yeah. in that, but... And, and then you grab it and you realize, oh, that's right, it's fake. I guess I won't watch this terrible movie. Ugh. I guess I'll... Building uh, Xfinity, Netflix, Tom Cage, which movie pops up? And it's like, no, you don't want that. Please don't make me play that. Xfinity's told me, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Cage, deactivated. It just removes all cage movies from your DVR. Dude, I grabbed my Xfinity remote and I went, <laughs> what was it? Um, I had the name of the movie in my head. Oh, uh, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, Tom, Tom uh, n- uh, Nick Cage. Dilling, are you sure? <laughs> it has never asked me that question before. And that's a good movie. <laughs> ish. Yeah, ish, yeah. Well, Angelina Jolie's braids and ass really, really help it along. Uh, more into Robert Duvall in that movie, if you know what I mean. Dude, didn't he have some bushy arms? <laughs> he did. He had the bushy ass Why? Arms why did he too. demand? It's like he got up on set and he's like, wardrobe, I only want shirts that are three sizes too small. And every scene, I need the sun peering in through a dirty window behind <laughs> yeah. me so you can see it look like an atmosphere around a planet, around my arm. And that's my bushy-ass <laughs> gray hair. Yeah, I don't know what he's going for in that movie. Uh, he's something. But uh, well, let's get back to the to the Twilight oh, Zone. Butterfly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, we haven't talked that's about the episode at all. Part. I'm moving on. Streaming butterfly. <laughs> the, so, he's a okay. neo-Nazi. He's on the street corner. He's rambling like a lunatic. He's not prepared at all. That's the whole setup. Gets in a fight. The cops show up. They call him Jack, even though his name is Peter. I don't know why they call him Jack like four times. Because uh, they don't know his real name, and I don't think they care to. They said it like it was his name, though. It was weird. 
Well, back then, Jack was like buddy, Jack off. Buddy. Kurt, you know, fuckhead. I wish I said Jack. fuckhead back then. Dude, it it was it was sixty three to whatever year this shitty season was shot. So Jack was the equivalent to cocksucker today. You know how the times change. The times they are changing from Jack to cocksucker, as Bob Dylan once said. He said it a few times actually, not yeah. just once. So he gets his ass kicked. He goes back to some guy's house. And I was like, is this his dad? Some Jew. <laughs> yeah, some Jew's house. Some dirty <laughs> Jew. His apartment's yeah. dirty, not him. But he goes back and he's like, he's all like beaten, beaten up. And he's just like, lays on his couch. And he's just like, he get, this is where he gets pathetic. Because he has a, the most pathetic line out there. He's, he's like, I tried. I tried so hard out there. <laughs> it's like... You're they so won't much. listen to me. Yeah. You mean they don't want to listen to a raving lunatic that yells and points at them and and basically belittles them? The problem is, I, he I wasn't wonder even where saying. you're going wrong. Yeah, he wasn't even saying. He's going so so. You know, the Jew and you know all the powers coming out of Africa. I'm like, what the fuck? Powers coming out of Africa in 1963? And he's like, it's a, so. There's one conspiracy, and that's an insidious only- conspiracy. The only power that was coming out of Africa was back when we migrated out of there and into, you know, northern country. And we lost, you know, we, we became white because of our pigment. And it's kind of, millions of years ago. It's evolution. Yes. So yeah. it's one conspiracy, Frank. It's another. I mean, it's, yeah. You, you know see what? what I'm saying, people? Yeah. You know why I am very uh, uh, envious of Africans? They have zero percent Neanderthal DNA in their DNA. Me and you, we have two percent because we're European. Good. I'm, dude. I hate all the hair on my ass. <laughs> I I buzz it. It's so. It's like a bush. It's a bush. We get Robert Duvall atmosphere. Yeah, dude. Exactly. If there was a dirty window, you know, with the with the little. Little, little, like cross, like, uh, like, met, like metal in it, you know. And the sun was just peering through a cloud behind it, and my ass was up in the air. It would look like an atmosphere, a little rocket shooting off. <laughs> ISS <laughs> <girls> <laughs> people. Little people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Astronauts cool. doing moonwalks. Get it? Full moonwalks. Oh, I am on fire. And with that, let's talk about the episode some more. <laughs> um, the, the I couldn't decide. At first, I thought it was his de- depressed dad until he said, talks about he's his friend. But I'm like, you know, you're sad because this guy seems sad as shit. His friend. I'm like, you know, you're sad when you have curtains instead of cupboard doors. <laughs> that was normal, dude. I know. My, it's my grandparents are ha- had those swinging doors like like the westerns. Did yours? No. But, however, the doors were just metal, flat metal framed. So you see right through them. They weren't, like, wooden. Oh, no on, on the cabinets? No, on your way from the hallway into the kitchen. Oh, I know what you're talking about. No, no. They didn't have Not those. a clue why they existed. And then, well, it was a bi-level, so when you walk in, they had that railing that ran along the living room and then down the stairs and then down the stairs in the basement. I guess, you know, so... Kids wouldn't just walk right off the ledge and fall seven feet onto the, you know, tile floor. 
I'm sure it's happened. Then somebody said, you know, we should put a railing there. So sorry about your kid and his cracked open head and all. We should have thought ahead on this one. We'll engrave his name in the railing. We should just move. Speaking of which. Oh, God. We're I, never going to get this through this episode. I spent, I, I spent $1,000 relamping this very rich man's home last Saturday. And um, when you walk in, there is like you look up and there's a hallway. And, you know, you got the railing and it's a wood and you got the banister and right right and their daughter had hung herself there about 17 years ago right um they have a charity for every year and everything i donate like a thousand a year to it anyway i look to my left there is an eight foot painted oil painted mirror had to cost 20 grand of her right to the left of where she hung herself i didn't know what to make of that I'm like, is this morbid? I thought you were going to say the painting was her hanging. No. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up. But here's the thing. I see the picture. I know the story. Instant hanging. I don't want to. Am I a bad person for doing that? Doing what? Instant hanging? Okay. I walk in the front door. I know the story. Yeah. I see, I see where she hung herself from. I know where it was. I look to the left where the wall is, right, yeah. on my floor, because it goes up, you know, two floors. The ceiling's a very high ceiling, right? Because it's, it's from the, it was the, from the second floor uh, hallway. Yeah. It was open to the foyer and the living room. It's in the middle of the house. Very big house, right? And to the left on the wall, an eight-foot oil-painted mural of their daughter. So I look over and I see her, their daughter, and I go, "Wow, that's what she looked like." So, so now I have a face to the hanging body. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't want to go there, but I go there. Am I? Is there something wrong with me? Or yes. How? What yes did? Because I'm pretty sure I think there's something wrong with them, and they should have moved 17 years ago when it happened. Um, most people would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to live there anymore, especially I, I think I would take down the painting. No, they had the painting made after. Oh, oh that's, that's my even... point. The painting was made seven years ago. Okay. Uh, it's starting to stack up like a fucking creepy Winchester house now. 20 grand. It cost them to have an artist make this mural. From her, um, it was from her uh, senior year Facebook because she hung herself senior year before she graduated. Well, this so has been a fun episode so far. Huh? This has been a fun episode so far. Yeah, I know. Well, it's about to get even funner. Trust me, because <laughs> just when you think this episode can't get more crazy, someone else shows up. So... There's nothing I can really say that's going to top that. So, anyway, moving on. I'm going to make a new rule. We're only talking about Twilight Zone episode from now on. Okay. Because we're well, I, 31 I minutes just, in. I just, I wanted to ask, am I weird for going there with it? I, I can't decide if you're saying you said something to him about it or not. No. Okay. Then, then no, you're not weird. I thought you were saying you said something. And then I'm like, yes, you're weird. Just in my head. Okay. No, and just in your head, that's, that's fine. Because that is fucking weird. But... 
as far as if you said something, yes, that's. <laughs> well, then I walked in and they should have prepared me. I haven't seen the guy in five years. I walk in and uh, he he looked like he was two days away from death. And last time I seen him, he was walking around and he was about fifty pounds overweight. Was not expecting to see that. I mean, that's that's what happens. I'm uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, so he's on the couch. The the old Jew guy is I'm gonna say it like that is starting to like lecture him. And then one quote in this episode really is a synopsis for the whole episode because think of the intro we just had where he's everyone's like sick of listening to him and he's lecturing them because he sits down on the couch and the guy starts going like, "Why are you doing this? You used to be such a kid, like a great kid." And, and he sits down and he goes, "Stop it! I'm sick and I'm tired and I don't need to be lectured." And I'm like, "Ah, there we go," because that's how everybody felt when they're watching you. Yeah. Like if you're saying they're all sick and like there's a conspiracy and like you're sitting there lecturing to people, I don't know. Yeah. I like that quote. Yeah, it, it's actually right here. I got. It. I thought it was, I thought it was a great, um, you know, back and forth. On sips, Wayne Peter. This is not medicine. Well, I'll keep that in mind for next time. For the next time. Just how many next times do you suppose a human being has? In don't lecture me, Ernst. I'm sick and I'm tired and I don't need to be lectured. Right, row. Uh huh. It's. Can I stay here tonight? Remains here for you as usual. You're a good friend, Ernst. You're a good friend. A man does what he believes in. A man usually does. Well, I believe certain things. Is that a fact? Yes, well, wh what difference does it make if we don't think alike about the same things? I mean, we're friends. You've known me since I was a kid. This is the pathetic thing I'm talking about. You were a little kid, Peter. And I used to find you crying at my door late at night. Like a bitch. Would pity you then? No. What do you think? Now you peddle hate on street corners, as if it were popcorn. It's not hate. It's a, it's a point of view. It's a philosophy. Ah, I know the philosophy. I know it quite well. Nine years in a place called Dachau. You know who put me there? Peter Balmer. A lot of Peter Balmers. Frustrated men, sick men, angry men. But the result, the effect, never mind the cause. Twelve million bodies in shallow graves. And it all started with young men in uniform talking on street corners. You let me come here. You let me come here. You never sent me away. No. I never did. I never do. That's the weakness you scream about on your street corners. Sentimentality. Softness. This is a long clip. The weakness that makes a man his brother's keeper. Well, no, there's two minutes left. Oh, God, no. I must be one of the worst of your criminals. 
That's why I used to come here, because... Is it close to this? Because you were gentle with me, and you talked to me, and you fed me, and you took care of me. Is what close to this? Ernst. He said the line in the very beginning. That's the boy again speaking. Yeah, I mean, basically, he calls him his dad. Yeah. He's... You're the only thing I have close to a dad, and hey, you just happen to be a Jewish, which you know it is what it is. Uh, but this guy just seems to love hating on the Jew on the corner. Yep. And coming home and sleeping with the Jew uh, up in the uh, up in the apartment. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of a. Uh, he's not really practicing what he what he preaches about, obviously. Because if he thought about it in any sort of reality or relating to these people, he wouldn't. Uh, we don't, we're missing a chunk of the story where he why he's like this, and that's fine. We don't need to know, but it's just it's interesting. Kind I mean, we do get into it. He does. He does get into it. Like um, I think, like in a few scenes after this, the next time they see each other. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he goes to he goes to sleep. He he lays down for three seconds. He the lights go out, and he has like weird Hitler senses because he like uh, and he stands up in bed and he walks over to the window for no reason. He's like, "Who's down there?" He's like, "Oh, it's just me. Come on down." <laughs> Some guy in the shadows. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he just suddenly knew he was there because he's in his head, obviously. But it's me, old Blitzkrieg. A. <laughs> yeah, who could I possibly be? Nobody will ever guess. I knew it only three seconds in. When he's in the shadows and you don't see his face for the first entire scene, you're like, oh, okay. And he's giving him a fucking speech. And he goes down the stairs. He's like, you say this, like, we're the, we're the minorities. And he's basically like telling him how to do a speech to get these people to, to rile around him. And yeah, then he starts basically just a couple speeches after that. It's basically, because spoiler, oh my God, it's Hitler. And he's just teaching him how to do speeches, how to get his, uh, like I said, trying to get people to, to rally around him. I noticed their rallies, though, they have the feeling of like a third grade play. Because the the second rally that they do that's successful, uh, you, you see the audience and they're like, yay, as he walks up to the stage. And I'm like, I feel like they're watching their like kindergarten class and they shot this footage and they just inserted it into the <laughs> in his hate <laughs> speech. Because it's like a bunch of like, families and like middle-aged couples and they're just like oh, and they're all dressed up like they're going to church it's so weird awesome. <laughs> instead of having a bunch of 20 year olds like like think of like a comparable ep- a movie would be american history x right yep. so oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, okay american history x what a fable of it it's comparable to Compar- the storyline okay uh, that that's what i'm sorry yeah so okay. think about all the people they had in in their group. It's all like twenty year olds, like kids, teenagers, even younger than twenty. Like so, it's like thirteen to twenty six is like their main demographic. And this guy's speech, he's given these middle aged couples, like forty year old couples, and they're all like, "Yay! Here he comes to spew his hate." Yeah, well, I mean, so excited. Well, I mean, let's be honest: thirteen year olds just want people to bite curbs, but. You know the the upper class they they don't bike curbs anymore. They got the money. They can give them their two hundred dollar <laughs> rental fees for the place. And once you get the money, then you get the power. It's true. It's just good advice. It's right. It's right, Chico. Um, 
Hitler comes up with an idea to kill, to make, make a martyr, in which case they sacrifice the schlubby guy who ran away in the fight in the beginning. Of course, it had to be the fat guy. Well, he ran away. I'm happy about that choice. <laughs> are you, are Sorry, you, did I step all over that? Do you think it was, it was going to be you if you were in the scene? Definitely. You kidding? Oh, God. What does that make me? The guy killing me. <laughs> Am I that guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've lost a lot of weight, man. I can do uh, Or, no, no. You, you know who you'd be? That guy's a pointy the ass guy, face. The, the guy in the shadows, still. I'm Hitler? Yeah, that's right. People don't know you're real you, and I do. I got to say, Frank, that's, a, that's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they kill him. Uh, they blah, 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 blah. Uh, he, 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 was a, he was a good Nazi. I can't believe they wrote that. I was shocked <laughs> they wrote that. I'm thinking to myself, this is 63. Not even 20 years. Little too soon there, Rod. But that's okay, because we're going a little too soon, real soon, with the 30-foot mural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bit different. But, yeah, I, I remember that line. I, I guess I didn't hear that one. What's that? He's a good Nazi. No, no, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was the note pinned to his jacket as the fat guy lied there dead. Oh, is that what it said? Yeah, he oh, said... I, couldn't uh, quite re- I didn't quite see it. It was in very neat cursive. Which murderers always leave hand-drawn letters that are very neatly written. Well, back then, you know, um, everybody had great penmanship. It's true. We actually cared. Back when, back before tablets, which... Yeah, it's all gone to shit. Uh, the old man shows up at, at speech number two after the uh, middle-age applause, and he interrupts it, and he starts giving him shit, and like really belittling uh, Hitler Jr., Dennis Hopper's character. Was it number two? I don't think that was quick. Mm-hmm. Mm, who cares? Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, we we just cut off about twenty minutes of the movie. Mo- moving on. What, what what happened in that twenty minutes? You want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Wait, martyr, and then another way. No. Still in the group, Frank. Take out Nick. Still, it's nothing, Pete. And then. Then why the look? That's, yeah, here, nothing, here he is. Nothing um, at all. Oh, come on, you can tell me, Stanley. What's the matter? Okay, you know what? You're right. You just answer yep. yes or no to the following. And this is him doing it. Do you want the United States of America to remain free? Yeah. Yeah. Eh. You want your homes infected with the vermin from foreign shores? No. Yes. Pest control. Listen to this one. Kind of. We're all you from foreign shores. <laughs> yeah. Come over here. Go on, Mr. Vollmer. It's not like he walks up saying, from the back of the theater up. He's standing right saying. next to him on stage all of a sudden. I've heard it before. He's I've heard it a thousand up in the rafters. Oh, rafters? He's, he's like, z- z- repelling down z- like a SWAT team member. <laughs> 85-year-old just... <laughs> oh! His knees. And it is drivel now. You've got to stop her. He, he does put it on. He what? New model? 
1963 Führer right off the assembly line. Well, this one is not so new. It's not so fresh. This one is nothing but a cheap copy. Let me get rid of him. Just leave me alone. Let me slice his throat right well, now. Here, now. I got the lust now. Read the species. I already popped my cherry. They're all alike. That's all I can think about. Let me kill him. Like problem children. Sick, sad neurotics. Who take applause like a needle. That's enough, Ernst. Please. Please. Listen to me, Peter, and let them listen. Or else I'll tell them about a quaking, whimpering boy who cried on my couch. Kind of just did. Who still cries on my couch. Just did. Please don't. Please, Please don't tell him that, what you just said. Let's put him down. Put him down. Yeah, put me down. Put me down. <laughs> Shut me up. Stifle me. Why don't you? Why can't you? Because this is your courage right here. He grabs his arm. This is your strength. It's supposed to be where this. his prostate goes. And the torchlights. And the crowd. And the seek. I can't believe they did that this early and said that. Huh? The rebuttal. Seek how? Oh, yeah. The only sort of answer your kind knows how to give. I don't like what you're saying, Smack. This is your Führer. He's yours. Enjoy. I give him to you. A gift from the sewers. Great line, by the way. Yeah. Bravo, Rod. He said Sorry. in the intro, too, about the sewers. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great line. Yeah. It really is. You know, I give them to you, a gift from the sewers. A great line, Rod. I do and love it. It is where he came from, I mean, honestly. This still is. And then the guy shows up, and Dennis Hopper's clearly been beaten by an old man in front of everybody. He's feeling a little down. Starts to yell at the, the shadow man, and then he pops out into the light. And he's like, oh, and surprise, everybody. Nobody guessed this. I got it. I got it. You got to hear it. It, it, and it's quick. It's, it's quick. Walt Disney. It's crazy. Yep, Walt Disney popped out, and, and it's quick. I promise. And I love how Hitler talks. This guy. It doesn't sound like Hitler. Yeah, but Hitler's back to Walt Disney. Sure. Well, one and the same, as far as I'm concerned. Anybody crazy enough to create Epcot and think you can live there? The way it is, I knew him. I knew the old man. Is that a fact, Mr. Borman? Such a long time. I've known him for so long. I've known him for so long. He cheapened you, Mr. Volmer. He tore you to pieces. Made you a bitch. Voice is that of a lion. Your instincts are those of a rabbit. And you, what, what are you? Fuck everywhere. You direct traffic from the darkness. You plan the battles and you're never there when they're fought. Why don't you come out in the light? Why don't you come up here alongside of me? 
you give me a name and a face and a reason why? Mr. Fulmer, I was making speeches before you could read them. I was fighting battles when your only struggle was to climb out of a womb. I was taking over the world when your universe was a crypt. Oh, my continent. And as for being in darkness, Mr. Fulmer, I invented darkness. I'm Hitler. I'm Hitler. That's all. Vault you know. Disney. Oh. Now, you know, you remember the genie episode from season one? I'm Hitler. I'm oh, Hitler. yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Okay. I couldn't, couldn't quite hear you. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Hitler. I'm Hitler. No. Ava. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to point out something as far as history goes. Everything he said, why aren't you standing here fighting with me? He wasn't. Hitler never fought a battle with, like, you know, himself. He kind of told people to do it. So, wrong. So um, who's, who said he did fight? Are you saying he asked him why he isn't fighting with him? Right, and then Hitler's saying how he did. And I'm thinking, myself, oh. not really. Well, I think he, more the fight than fighting. Okay, I guess if you're the reason for a war... Semantics. Oh, fight. In that case, fight meaning more so, you know, fighting, quote, the good fight. Yeah, like, why aren't you up here next to me instead yeah. of in darkness? It's like, well, if I was, I'd be assassinated pretty damn quick. Yeah, it wouldn't last long. Although I'm not really here, so yeah, what you got to do. You know, he's in Argentina, really. This took place in Argentina. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, he's still there. Still there. Him and Ava, you know, living the good life. Just playing golf. <laughs> Picture him having the most boring life. <laughs> Hole in one every time. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to tell him? <laughs> Very good. Oh, another. That'd be so boring. The, yeah, you know, the last jockey told me I didn't get a hole in one. He's not around anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Hole in one. <laughs> Another one. It's what I thought. This is what I thought. Um, I in a German accent. He tells him to kill the old man. He goes to the apartment, confronts the old man. No more long clips. I can't. We're fifty minutes in. But not for nothing. Was Dennis Hopper not great in that scene? He is. He he's, he's great. And and the, so much so, I want to read a review here as soon as we're done with the synopsis, which we're almost there. Okay. Um, All right, so, go ahead. He, he, sorry, he pulls the gun on the old man. There's a great speech where he's like, "Just do it, do it. If you, okay. if, you if you think you're right. fucking man enough, just do it." Okay, uh, I got it right here. I'll, I'll do it. I was quote, oh. quoting the guy, oh. but yeah, <laughs> was it challenging your manhood to play a clip? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yeah, the, Dennis Hopper pulls the gun and very, very, very slowly just like, eh, and shoots him. Falls over dead. Great death speech. Yeah, finally somebody in the TZ that gets shot and is not immediately deceased. He didn't dis he didn't die right away and he didn't fall out a window. So kudos, restraint. I like it. 
Not a single window this episode, and there was an hour. There had is, plenty of time. No window, exactly. No window, but there is because at, right after this, Dennis Hopper goes back to the club with his little rally meeting place, and the cops show up within seconds about the murder of his of Nick, and and then uh, they chase him off, and Dennis Hopper runs away, has no weapon. Uh, did he have a gun at that point? Did he still have it? Um, he might have. I think he did. Yeah. Um, but he's running away. In old movies, they're always running away, and the cops still shoot him. He's like clearly not looking at them, not threatening them, and he's like, like, bang! I don't feel like running, <laughs> like Dirty Harry or something. And he goes well, up these I'm, stairs. Yeah. Right. It is New York City. You turn a corner here. You turn a corner there. The guy's gone. Yeah. You, so, that's it. You catch him. So the cops are just better off just shooting him as long as there's nobody in the way. Just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really slows him down. Like but GTA he style. Steel. He was made of steel. Yeah, uh, that's uh, one of my favorite quotes. But he runs up the stairs. And, that's what I'm saying. Instead of doing the glass and out the window, he goes up some stairs. The cops shoot him, and he kind of falls over. And then he falls on some mats. You can tell the stuntman just fell on some mattresses because they're all hidden behind a bunch of dump or uh, garbage uh, things. It was car- cardboard boxes he fell yeah. into. Yeah, and it's just like. And the, the actor land, or the stuntman lands and then cuts to Dennis Hopper leaning against a wall suddenly. And he's like, and I was like, I expect, I picture him explaining, the cops explaining to some family member somewhere where they're like, how did, how did Peter die? And he's like, was it, was he all right? Did he seem like he was all right? And like, well, he, uh, he got shot, fell. And then his last words were, uh, don't you understand? I'm made out of steel. So yeah, he was, he was in the right frame of mind, I, I feel like. Good, good last words to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not crazy at all. No, no. You know, definitely a right sound frame of mind. Uh, right sound and uh, he was definitely of sound mind and body. Yeah. I can talk. <laughs> there we go. We got there eventually. Took the, took the scenic route, but we got there. <laughs> and then it's just Rob Rod's outro at that point, and he lists some cities where Hitler could show up next, and some of them I don't, I don't understand. I don't see Hitler going to St. Louis. Did he say St. Louis? One of them. Let's see. I heard Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami. I heard, I heard Vincennes, or Vincennes, Indiana, and then Syracuse, New York. Let's see. Well, of course, Syracuse, New York. Yeah, Rob has I know to, that. you know, do a shout out to his home turf all the time. I mean, the production company a- was uh, uh, Cattayuga something or other. And Cayuga? that's. Cayuga, 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 yeah, and Cayuga Falls is where he's from. So, yeah, that's the Finger Lakes. It's part of the Finger Lakes where he was from. So anyway, I only know that because Watkins Glen's right there, and I stayed up there for a while, uh, two years in a row for the races. So anyway, boy did Missy get tired of me saying Rob Sterling's from there. <laughs> it's like I get so, it. You tell me one more time, Rod Sterling's from there, and I swear to God, I'm stopping and kicking you out of his car. <laughs> when you play this outro, tell me when he starts doing, he's alive, he's alive, and it sounds like a promotion for like a horror movie back in that day. It works so well when start when Rod starts doing his outro. You got it. Here we go. Will he go next? This phantom from another time, this resurrected ghost of a previous nightmare. Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, Florida, Vincennes, Indiana, Syracuse, New York. Any place, every place. Where there's hate, where there's prejudice, where there's bigotry. He's alive. 
He's alive so long as these evils exist. Remember that when he comes to your town. Remember it when you hear his voice speaking out through others. Remember it when you hear a name called, a minority attacked, any blind, unreasoning assault on a people or any human being. He's alive because through these things, we keep him alive. Reminds me of like, he's alive, coming to a theater new, like, check out. From, from the makers of, he's really alive. <laughs> they're doing the, they're doing the sequel first. Yeah, it was a prequel. Oh, okay, that's a, ahead of the time. I like that. Let me read a review from IMDb. There's a few on here that I'd like to review to uh, talk about as well, but go right ahead. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. Just the part that caught my uh, attention. Uh, first of oh. all, the the title of the review is called "Ghost of Evil." He Hold on. Uh, how how far down on IMDb is it? The first one. The very first one. Okay. It's a, it caught my attention because I started reading it. Uh, four stars out of ten. Um, starts off just synopsis. Doing a synopsis of the plot for no reason. I don't know why you have to do that in a review. Um, it's not. We don't watch it too, buddy. Give your opinion. You don't have to. We have a synopsis up above. We don't need you to you know, do a little your version of it. Uh, the part where it says, uh, "Oh, it has a long ellipses," and then it says, "His his very last paragraph is well intentioned, but too heavy handed drama that has some good some good dramatic points, but Hopper is unconvincing, motivations muddled, and ultimate reveal too predictable." Which I agree with. He could only be one person. Dot 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 ellipses. That didn't ruin the episode for me no, one bit. No, it's. I don't think it. You. I think we're not supposed to be caught off guard by that as an audience member. I think he's supposed to be caught off guard by it. Exactly because he basically is him in the first scene. Yeah, it's and and it. I just picture some someone who doesn't quite understand the episode thinking that's supposed to be a reveal because that's what you find in movies. Uh, this was uh, written in 2014 by Aaron Capen Banner. That's what I just read. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I thought I'm you were reading. I thought you were setting up another one. No, no. I was saying this was written by. And let's just see what else he's written. He gave a ten to the missing heir. I never heard of it. The fuck is that? At the time, there were over $20 billion unclaimed in the USA banks from those who died uh. interstate. This show focuses on a stock certificate in a San Francisco vault of Wells Fargo Bank worth $3.2 million. He gave that a 10. Stars Leonard Nimoy. Let me also say uh, a couple other things he rated. He rated an American Werewolf in London, an amazing movie. He rated it two stars. He rated the Twilight Zone movie one star. Beetlejuice, two stars. What? Thinner, which is great, two stars. The Conjuring, eight stars. The 16mm Shrine, guess how many stars he gave that fucking episode. Ten. Eight stars. Cannot... This guy has lost all credibility. Not that he didn't already with that 
terrible review, but now it's official. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I would like to say, Mr. Mr. Banner, you fuck yourself. Good God, he rated like he he has this whole synopsis, a whole review on The Conjuring Two. Who gives a fucking shit about The Conjuring Two? It's a horror movie. It's, it's a, a horror. horror it, it's not a terrible horror movie, but who gives a shit? It's fucking. It's just a blah. Blah blah blah. blah. Oh my god, I hate this guy. Uh, what do you think about it? How about that? I know you were obsessed with it, so I'll let you. Me, I give this a nine out of ten. Writing phenomenal, acting phenomenal. Was it predictable? Yes. However, the message I liked, and it it's not exactly a death head revisited, but I liked it because it was almost beat for beat how Hitler pretty much did come into power. Like, yeah, like this is as close to an autobiography, or like, like like a like a biography of how Hitler took over Germany at the time. And how he did it with the mobs and everything else. But then right before he got too powerful, um, you know, Mr. Salty Pants over there who misses his buddy Nick dimes Peter out. Yeah. Pretty obvious. And that's why the cops show up. So obviously crime doesn't pay and you shouldn't be Hitler. Moral of the story. Yeah. We all, but so it wasn't as... It, it wasn't as culturally dramatic like everybody should see it so the atrocity doesn't repeat itself because I find this very hard to ever repeat itself as far as somebody on the level of Hitler ever becoming p- to power again, minus North Korea and all. But whatever, uh, that's neither here nor there. He's not sitting there blitzkrieging China or some shit. But my point being is... Um, the episode is exactly what it is. The The message behind it is, I mean, the message is not too convoluted. It's not too hard to understand. It's very to the point. And I like the, um, so, so, can you please say that word for me? Socioeconomical? Uh, yeah, so sociological. Sociological? What are you trying to say? Okay. That one. Social, that one. Sociological. Swashbuckling. I like the soci. Okay, move on. Pass the word. That word. I like that word of this episode. Okay. I uh, I won't I won't disagree with any of that. I think it has a better. Uh, theme better point than it is a quality episode. I, I I have some mixed feelings about this episode. I do like it a lot. I gave it an eight. I didn't give it a four like this fucking guy. It's it's Dennis Hopper so fucking good in it. I couldn't disagree more with this fucking asshole. He said Wasn't, unconvincing. Was was he good looking or what? Yeah, I I don't understand. I, I guess my point is it's like we, we keep you brought up Death Head Revisited because it clearly does have some parallels to that episode. It's not as important as that, but also I kind of feel like it is more important. 
because it's more relevant as far as like in the sixties, this is set. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like I was important because death's head revisit is what happened is what happens if, if what, what's going on in this episode doesn't get stopped. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's kind of like, they're both kind of like, uh, cause I was just reading and it says Rod says this is the most important episode for him. Um, well. And I can see why it's. Uh, I like I like this more as like the cautionary tale. Death's Head Revisited is I don't think it it is a cautionary tale, but not as concise as this. That's more of like a you're getting your comeuppance. This is like a watch out for this behavior type of thing for everyone else around him. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I and, and like this kind of thing it happened in Russia a few times. Happened in Germany twice. Happened in Italy. Italy, right? Yeah, Mussolini. Uh, Japan. It, it's it's ha- it, it's it happened in China twenty years ago. <laughs> um, but for some reason, whoops, leave them to their own devices. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> got their own thing going on over there, and we just kind of ignore it. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? Million people in a, in in a, in a. Uh, you know, a, a reaffirming camp out in the middle of the desert. Whatever you got to do to your God, people, whatever. You know, Tibet, whatever. Eh. I mean, it's far away. I mean, they're buying our movies. Uh, it's about even now, right? Hey, Google's about to be in China finally, so right on. Yeah. You sell out pieces of shit. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, important episode. I do like it. Uh, I'm I'm not crazy in love with it like I am a Death's Head Revisited. It doesn't give me that same feeling, but I think it's an important episode. Death's Head Revisited is a lot more focalized. It's two actors of high caliber. The story we all know. We don't need backstory. We know how it happened. We know how it got there. We know how it ended because it had already ended, right? It, it, it just the the revenge of it and the not the revenge but the retribution of it and the cautionary tale of these need to stay because of this because people ask the question all the damn time yeah you know I mean this on the other hand it's a little bit more of a mind fuck you have to it that's why I said this episode needed to be an hour it would not have worked a half hour I was just gonna bring that up I'm glad you did uh, yeah. I almost think this episode was the catalyst of why Rod wanted hour-long episodes so he could tackle subjects like this and go deeper and have more context and have it flow into what he wanted to portray. Because in a, in a half hour, he would have never gotten there. Was he the one that wanted the hour or was it CBS? Um, I, I feel know. like it's more CBS. I can't imagine Rod wanting more of a workload. No, I, I can't imagine he was behind that. I think this is one of his, I'm doing this one. I'm doing an hour, but, but I'm doing this one. But, I mean, you know CVS, you know Rod. Rod never folded to what CVS wanted right away. So I'm sure Rod got something out of it. That, uh, so I'm saying it might be this. This might be what he got. It had to be more than this. had to be. It might, yeah, probably, but. But who knows what it was? I, I would have to look in. I, I would have to do, do some research. As far but, uh, as the hour-long episodes that you brought up goes, this is the first of the hour-long episodes that doesn't feel its length. 
Yeah, exactly. And 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 in doing so, it, it was it was really good. Honestly, like I'm, it's it's the best one of, of the season, hands down. Oh, by so. by far. Like when we get to our uh, season recap of the top five, bottom five, I can't imagine this isn't going to be in our top five. By the way, real quick, I have a question for you. Is the parallel a fourth season one? The parallel? Yeah, because we had a uh, we had a listener on Twitter ask us, uh, "Can't wait to you guys review the parallel. It's his favorite episode." The parallel. Hold on one second. Or her favorite par- par- uh, episode. I don't want to misquote gender here. I just remember reading it, and uh, I didn't know what to say because I the name just did not. It's not season five, so it must be season four. Uh, the parallel here it is four eleven. So it's in. Uh, I can't subtract. Astronaut Rob Gaines, uh, Robert Gaines, returns from space to a world that is, that is not exactly the one he left from. Dun dun dun. Ooh, right up my alley. Sounds like I might be very interested in it. Indeed. So you know, let me give them a shout out who uh, who asked us about that and can't wait to for us to do that one, and that's in what? Oh my God! Just look, it's gonna take seven, you forever to figure it out. Seven episodes from now, we'll we'll be well, maybe seven seven weeks from now, we'll get to it hopefully. <laughs> but the these season fours have been, whew, have they been a. I feel like we've done almost no episodes this year because we only want to do one at a time because season four is such a fucking suck uh, of time. So we're not doing that and we're barely doing our uh, live commentary ones. It's just uh, slowly getting through season four. Yeah, it's um, Gregory Tyson 13. At Gregory Tyson 13, thank you um, for reaching out and, uh, you know, um, saying can't wait to hear you guys review his favorite episode, The Parallel. Perfect. And then two more after that is uh, the new exhibit, one I'm looking forward to. Right on. Parallel has Parallel. I remember that one. I remember, I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Parallel has a seven point nine. New exhibit eight point two. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and last. Last week's episode was an eight point one, so let's not hold those numbers too to uh, you know high high regard. What the heck was last week's episode again? I like last week's episodes, the Valley of the Shadow. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't eight point one though. No, I gave it a seven. He transmogrified a ham sandwich with no crust. And it was glory. It was schlock. That's why I liked it. It was a schlock episode. Because you'll never leave here again. Here's another ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Anyway, um, let's do our plugs and get out of here. Uh, just, you know, can I, can I just do one more? Um, who is this here? Okay. Uh, one more review from IMDb. You did one. Can okay. I do one? Do yeah. you mind? Okay. Another four out of ten. Oh, God. Week for an episode of The Twilight Zone. This is the title. It's quick. It's a lesson and an external story of hatred. The acting and direction are great, but it's too predictable. 
We suspect all along the identity of the mystery man in the shadows. Wasn't hard to figure out. You fucking moron. Okay. Uh, and imagine what the Twilight Zone twist will be. Will it be the devil who confesses to also mentioning the other guy in a similar way? Or something even more far out? Question mark. In the end, comma, it's just a guy we expected it to be. It may be good compared to regular TV, but it's weak for an episode of The Twilight Zone. In the end, it's just a lecture about tolerance. Oh, it's no. Like it's more about tolerance. He had to sit there and listen about tolerance. What a poor guy. Again, people think this is a who's behind the shadows. I wasn't even thinking about it. Zero out of four people found this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Zero out of five. <laughs> Zero out of five re- people who read that review found it. Um, shit, after I clicked it. Oh, wait. Seven, uh, uh, helpful. That's it. Somehow, the one you read, seven out of 12 found it helpful. You know what's weird? It's not zero out of five. It's zero out of six. Isn't that weird? No, because you just hit. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Everybody listening, go to IMDb. (laughs) Go to uh, both of these. Ghost of Evil, because you know what? It's not seven out of 12. It's seven out of 13, bitch. Seven out of 14. You (laughs) haven't loaded mine. (laughs) 50% now. Yeah, we just got you below that. I know. So there's only 15 reviews on there. Only two are negative. So, yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, there's one that's a three out of 10. It says, ugh, and that's it. Oh, there's spoilers. You know what? I'm going to give him a yes. (laughs) Just because. Oh, no, if you click down. um, uh, Overall, a lame episode that is hard to justify as anything that over, other than overdone and silly. Okay. Great. 17 out of 36. Uh, now 37. There we go. There's one, actually. Oh, no, wait. Am I in the right one here? I'm sorry. What did so, I say? I don't... You know how much it would take for me to give something a 3 out of 10 for a TV episode? I would have to fucking hate it. Oh, they're out there. But Twilight Zone way? I, I can't... I don't think there is... Oh, other than the 60 million shrine, there is no episode except, okay, there's two episodes I can see given to the three. That's it. 156 episodes, 154, I cannot give a three. Even the th- ones that I don't like, 60 million shrine, I don't think I gave it that low. Because I'm like, it's still decent enough to just say in far, I, I, I weigh everything when I come to my ratings. I don't just go, I didn't like that story, but. I, I go. I, I don't like the story. It was well done, like the production and everything. So I, I give that a little bit of toward that. I, I like I, some of the writing, and maybe not in that episode particularly. But I just I, I can't. I don't just go one. Like people on here just go one or ten, and fuck that. Yeah. Listen, if you have that much time in your life to do things like that, then can you please? Get a hold of me and let me know what what your secret is, because I need more time, free time that is. 
and you seem to have it. I don't get it. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, plugs? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Next week. Sorry. We're never going to get out of here. Author Richard Matheson pays a return visit to Twilight Zone with a story called Mute. It provides an exceptional challenge to the acting talents of Barbara Baxley, Frank Overton, and an unusual 12-year-old by the name of Ann Gillian. Great. Oh. Another kid actor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no time for plugs. Mute. The whole episode is... It goes like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't what? hear it. I see the lips moving. I hear nothing. Well, the this, episode's called mute. <laughs> wow. This is a lot of old people standing around a kid who can't speak and he's going, speak up. <laughs> speak up. That's it. He's I waving mean, frantically with his hands. I don't know what he's saying, though. Oh, um, did you want to hear what um, Mark Zickery, uh, uh, said, uh, his final thoughts were on this? If you can do it really quickly. It's just one paragraph. You know, basically, he does it. He, he, you know, he does like an overview of the um, of the episode. Then the last paragraph, he gives his. Okay, let's see. Um, sorry, I just read my page. Okay, with he's alive, Serling again made the Twilight Zone style investigation of Nazism, but unlike Deaths Had Revisited, oh, see, we're on the same page, <clears throat> in which the drama carries the piece. This is just one long editorial. Here, the intention is to examine the motivations of a young American neo-Nazi to reveal the, the banality of his thoughts and the immoral and the immoral immoral immorality oh, that's a hard Im word. Immorality? Imm immorality. That's, that's an easier word. <laughs> of his actions. God, I cannot read. Certain key can I mail you this book? <laughs> I'm kidding. When um, you started I'll, reading it, I'm like, I'm going to go to Zia tomorrow. Like I said, I'm going to look for those Blu-rays for you. I'm going to look for that book, too. I, I can just photocopy the pages. <laughs> anyway, um, how about I photocopy, like, the... You can, just take a, you can just take a picture and send it to me on your, on your phones. That is true. Great, great, great cameras on the iPhone 10. So, or X, I should say. I don't want to piss people off. So, anyway, okay. <clears throat> Certainly, this theme has dramatic validity. Unfortunately, he's alive, lacks a feeling of reality. The characters are all stick figures and do not seem at all based on actual people. From the beginning, we are supposed to accept that Peter Valmer, Dennis Hopper, later to co-star, easy guy, is deeply committed to the fascist organization of which he is the leader, while also accepting his claim that the only thing in the world I've ever loved is an elderly concentration camp survivor from Dachau. Another Dachau thing. Although directed by Stuart Rosenberg, hey, that, that guy I've never heard about before, later to direct such films as cool, cool Hand Luke and the Amityville Horror. Great movie. Okay, he's alive. Never manages to work up much steam. Um, Austrian actor Ludwig Donath is fairly good as the old man, but Dennis Hopper lacks the personal mag, 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 magnetism. Magnetism. Oh, magnetism. Okay. Oh my God, I, I am illiterate. To be, to be believable as a charismatic leader. How is this speeches, a paragraph? Speeches. 
it's it. He does a lot of run-on sentences. Speeches which are intended to be hypnotic seem merely shrill, although the audience is clearly supposed to be mesmerized. As for Adolf Hitler, when actor Kurt Conway stands in front of an enormous blow-up of the real Hitler, the illusion that he is the ghost of Hitler is immediately destroyed. The physical resemblance is practically nil. Herbert Hirschman recalls an interesting effect he, an interesting effect shot involving the main character. The director came up with this notion that while he was lying in bed with his eyes open or after he woke up, you could see the swastika in the pupil of his eye. That's kind of cool. And it took a lot of work with the light and cut out swastika to project on the eye and trying to get the camera in tight enough to see it. I remember having arguments with Stuart Roseberg about whether it was worth the time and the trouble and whether it was proper emotionally because I felt it was a trick, really more than a natural part of the dramatics of the picture. Ultimately, the shot was not used. And thank God, because that would have been a little bit too much. There you go. That was a long paragraph. Interesting, though. No, it was about a page and a half. But... (laughs) That's pretty interesting that somebody actually was about to go to as far and they spent a whole day trying to get swastikas to like like shadow onto his eyeballs as he reveals himself from the shadows. That's kind of cool. That's very creative. I'll well, give it that. Why would it take him a whole day? They do a superimpose over another film. It's... Because they were arguing, no. Because they were, they were, they were arguing the ethics of it at the same time. Oh, okay, so it's probably more on that because it didn't seem that hard to do. No, no, the, yeah, because they were able to do it, uh, but they said that it would just be too jarring, and they decided to cut it a little too far. Yeah, I thought I thought you were saying the way I heard that was it was going to be a reflection in Dennis's Hopper's eyes when he when he that's why he knew Hitler was outside, like something turned in him, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, they're they're only talking about the one scene when he finally reveals yeah. himself from the shadows okay. uh, before he get, he gets chased by the cops. Yeah, that'd be like a like a sci-fi movie, like too far. Yeah, it comes out the shadows, and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. there's two swastikas in his eyeballs. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, instead and of it, it, it's not very Twilight Zone. <laughs> no, that'd be terrible. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Good move, <laughs> indeed. I mean, not for nothing, the ten foot picture of Hitler and him going oh, yeah. like that, and when he came out from the shadow, they both went like that. All that I thought was way too soon for the time. So Rod really took risk there, but that's why I love Rod. He was not afraid to take risk and and piss people off, and I'm sure he got a lot of mail for that one. Indeed, um, yeah, good episode. Let's get out of here. Uh, until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix Westquire. I'm Frank Clementine. Links. Squeezy, squeezy. So long. Uh, this is a long episode, citizens. <laughs>